Soul. How's everybody doing this morning? Hey, did you guys enjoy Pastor Ken last week? And he was, so here's the deal. I expect you guys to be as responsive this week as you were last week, okay? Because, like, he invoked some amazing stuff. So I'm going to preach, okay? Hey, my name is Shayla. I'm actually Pastor TJ's wife, and he has asked me to, to share with you guys today. He will be back up here preaching next week. So if you've been here for a few weeks and you're like, I don't even know who the pastor is, he'll be back here next week. But I just want to take a second and thank my husband for a minute because I am so thankful for a man in my life who has been one of the greatest sources of encouragement, motivation. Like, he's been critical to who I am today. And I'm thankful for a man that not only leads in the local church and casts vision and accomplishes so much and is obedient to everything that God tells him to do, but he is the same at home as he is here. And I'm grateful for a leader and a man that is consistent in life and that is the same on and off the stage. So TJ, just thank you for everything that you've invested in my life. Okay, how many of you guys... I mean, Thanksgiving's over. Who was listening to Christmas music before Thanksgiving? Y'all need to get saved today. I'm just telling you. You're sinners, and you need to get saved. How about, how about this? Let's do a little bit of Christmas movie kind of trivia. How many of you guys, this is your favorite Christmas movie? Four of you. Okay. Do you know I've never seen that movie? I've never seen it. Okay. What about, what about this one? Okay, a few of you. I have never seen that movie either. Okay, what about this one? Three. I have never seen that movie either. Let me tell you guys something. I lived a very deprived childhood, okay? Like, we didn't have cable. We didn't, you know, I was the oldest of six kids, so I never saw any of these, like, classic Christmas movies. How about this one? Oh, those are all the crazy people. Okay. <laughs> the majority, Elf is like... A necessity every single year, right? Okay, how about this one? There's all, all the ladies in the house said, you know, when's Hallmark season, right? So you're watching Hallmark movies. Okay, I saved the absolute best for last because this is my very, what do you guys think it is? Home Alone. Okay, that is like my very favorite Christmas movie. You guys know some of like the, the popular scenes. What are they? What like what's one of them? When he put yeah, when he puts his shaving stuff on his face, he's like <gasps> when he's like, I think I made my family disappear. Sometimes at holidays I wish, you know, okay, I'm not <laughs> it's just me. Not all of you guys are like saved and sanctified. I'm the only one that's like I okay, I'm gonna move on. So, anyways, we get, like, all nostalgic over these Christmas movies and, and Home Alone and all the funny parts in Home Alone. But there's a part in Home Alone at the very end that I think sometimes we miss but we can all relate to. Okay, and that's the part where, where Kevin is praying and he says, Dear God, if you just bring my family home, I promise I'll be good. Right? And so many times, I think, just like Kevin praying that prayer, we say that prayer all the time. God, if you would just do this, then I would do this. And how many of you know Kevin wasn't going to follow through on his promise? 
Just like us, so many times we want and we need and we pray and we're going, God, if you would just do this, then I would do this, never intending to follow through on our promise. But see, what I love about the God that we serve is that we serve a God that is not only a promise maker, but he's a promise keeper. Okay? And this morning, I want to tell you guys about the greatest fulfillment of a promise that there ever was, and that is the story of Christmas. Because we are coming up on Christmas, and the greatest fulfillment happened when Jesus sent his son. And all of us are used to, as humans, we make promises, we break promises, but God never breaks his promise. And I think that there's an amazing story in the Bible that that we're going to talk about today. And we're actually going to pick up in the book of Isaiah, which is in the Old Testament. And Isaiah was a prophet. And here's what a prophet was in the Old Testament. A prophet was somebody whose primary function was to serve as God's representative or his ambassador by communicating God's word to the people. Okay, so he was supposed to come up and communicate what God told him to a group of people. So he would prophesy about what was to come. Now, the people in this region of the world, the Israelites that Isaiah is going to to communicate to, they're living in a time of oppression. Their future looks gloom. It looks despair. They, they, They just are in this very oppressed time. And so Isaiah has to say, how would you like to be the messenger to go into a bunch of just discouraged and depressed people and be like, hey, guys, you can do this. None of you, I thought. Sometimes that's how it feels on a Sunday morning. So I need a little bit of a... (laughs) So Isaiah is going to bring the word of the Lord to the people in the midst of their oppression. And this is what he tells them in Isaiah 7.14. He says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with you us. See, God made a promise long, long, long ago, and these, these people had heard over and over and over again about a Messiah, a deliverer, someone that was going to save them from what was happening around them. And so Isaiah is coming to remind them of saying, look, there's going to be a child that is born, and he is going to be your savior, your deliverer. They're going to call his name Emmanuel, which means God with See, the greatest promise that we could have is God with us walking through life in every circumstance, in every situation where he is not far away, he is walking with us. And that is the promise that God was making. See, Isaiah is infusing them with hope. He's saying, don't forget the promise that God has made. Don't forget that the Messiah, Messiah, the deliverer is going to come one day and you will see God's plan fulfilled. You will understand the history of In light of God, you will see the Messiah, and it will bring hope in the midst of your difficulties. And see, I think exactly what Isaiah was trying to do to those people, I could look around this room right now and see many people in the midst of difficulty. I could see a daughter that is struggling with deep depression. I could see a son that is filled with anxiety, and it's very difficult to begin to function. I can see a husband that has been diagnosed with life-threatening cancer. I can see a mom who is overwhelmed and defeated. I can see people that maybe have lost their job or maybe have lost hope in their marriage. I can look around, and I can see despair. 
And so Isaiah was coming, much like today, to bring hope to disparity. And see, what I love about Christmas and I love about the promise that God made of a Messiah, of a deliverer, of a God with us, is that it infuses hope into our situation. Because it is for you. God's promise has already been fulfilled. It's present. It's right here. It's right now. It's in your situation. It is for you. And so Isaiah, he continues on in verse 9, 6 through 7, and he says this, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. He doesn't say unto Mary a child is going to be born. Unto Joseph a child is going to be born. He says unto us. He says unto you. He says into your situation a Savior is going to be born. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. How many of you guys could use some of that in your life right now? Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish it. See, the Savior comes with these amazing gifts and these amazing attributes that apply to every single one of us in our situation. And I, I, when it's Christmas time, you know, you start thinking about gifts. How many of you guys have made all, got all of your gifts? Christmas shopping, you're done. Oh, my gosh. I'm depressed now. <laughs> I'm behind the ball here. So, you know, at Christmas time, parents, you know, we start going buying gifts for our kids and you start putting them under the tree and, you know, all of those different kinds of things. And your kids want to open them, don't they? They ask all kinds of questions. They go searching in your attic. They're like, you know, I was a kid once. I, I know how it works. And, and we just get so frustrated because they just want the gift, right? And you want them to behave. And then we get Elf on the Shelf and, you know, like all of these different things because they just want these gifts, right? We'll have a Christmas tip. For all of the parents out there today, okay? Like, here's the Christmas tip. Wrapped empty boxes for presents, and when your child misbehaves or doesn't listen, throw one in the fire. Come on. I would have freaked out if my parents did that. You don't need Elf on the Shelf. Just do this. I'm telling you. But you guys, while, while this is hilarious, <laughs> it is. <laughs> Somebody already did it. I think a lot of us are experiencing this in life. See, we think our God is a God that gives us the promise of something, but it's just empty. You know, we think, well, yeah, 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 he, he says all of those things, but that's not for me. That's for, that's for that person. Yeah, I know he says he wants to bring peace in my life, but I don't have my life together enough, and that, that, that's for that person. Yeah, I know he wants good relationships for my life, but so-and-so got a good relationship. I didn't. That's just empty. I know that he promises this, but that's not for me. And we think we serve a God so many times that Talks about promises, but they come up empty. And that's really not 
how God is at all. And I want to show you guys in his word how everything that God says, he does. That he is not just a promise maker, that he is a promise keeper. And at Christmas, I want to show you guys how Christmas kind of played out. And so we're going to actually pick up the story in Matthew, which is the New Testament, which is happening 700 years after Isaiah. And so what I love about Matthew, so Matthew was a tax collector, and pretty much tax collectors were some of the most hated people there was in biblical times. I mean, for our time too, probably. So... He is a tax collector, but he has been invited to follow Jesus, and he's following Jesus, and now he's writing part of the New Testament. And what I love so much about Matthew is before he goes into the story of Jesus, he actually lists out the genealogy of Jesus. And most of the time in the Bible, when you see a genealogy, it's all males. It's so-and-so begat so-and-so, and and -and so-and-so begat so-and-so, and it's all father and son. Well, Matthew flips the script. And see, I think because he knew, like, I was a very hated person, I messed up, I screwed up, I need other people to know that this line of Jesus isn't perfect. And so he starts throwing in a couple wild cards here, and I want to show you guys the wild cards. So he says, Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Now let me tell you who Tamar was. She was controversial, okay? This woman dressed up as a prostitute, got this guy to sleep with her so that he would follow through on a promise and have to marry her. Like, crazy, okay? Then Matthew goes on and lists Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. He lists Rahab again, who was a prostitute who helped some spies take over a land, and the Israelites then brought her back. She married an Israelite. But she was a prostitute. And then we go on to David, good old King David, the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. He didn't even say the woman's name. So... Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife, which was Bathsheba. See, David got Bathsheba pregnant, who was already married to Uriah, and then sent his men out to have Uriah killed so he could marry Bathsheba. Who needs a soap opera? (laughs) Just read the Bible. But see, what I love is that Matthew is listing all of these things out because he wants you to know Jesus' line is not perfect. You don't have to be perfect to receive the Savior. You don't have to be perfect for God to give you these incredible gifts. And so in Matthew 1.18, it picks up after he's listed Rahab and all the prostitutes and all the controversy, controversy, he says in verse 18, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but they came together and she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. I'm sure Joseph was like, Say what? The Holy Spirit. Sure. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. What a nice guy. He had in mind to divorce her quietly because that was not his baby. So after he had considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, 
Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. In the line of Jesus, there was a bunch of sinners. There was a bunch of people that screwed up, that made a mistake, that did it the wrong way. But yet God sent Jesus through a long line of sinners to save them, to save us, to come into to our situation. It continues on in Matthew in verse 22. It says, all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, which was back in Isaiah. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, God made a promise, and God kept his promise. And let me tell you something. You might think that your history disqualifies you. You might think that you've made too many mistakes. You might think that the misunderstandings, the addictions, the affair, you might think that all of those things disqualify you from the promises of God in your life, and that is a lie. Because when God makes a promise, he always follows through. And it doesn't matter your history. It doesn't matter your mistakes. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what people have done to you. God will always fulfill his promise. And his promise is to be with you no matter where you are at or what is going on in your life. God with us. See, a Savior was born. And God is with us in our mess. He's with us in our questions. He's with us in our sorrow. He's with us in our pain. And God doesn't cause those things in our life, but what he does is he is with us and he begins to lift us up and carry us through it. We're going to pick up in in Luke because it's another account of of Jesus being born and actually angels show up to a shepherds. and, And sometimes I'm like, why shepherds? Because shepherds in that time were the lowest of the low. And God didn't just come for the people that had everything going on in life. He came for the lowest and he came for the ones at the top. He is no respecter of persons. So angels showed up and it says this, And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord showed around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said, Do not be afraid. Maybe you need to hear that today. Don't be afraid at what's happening around you. Don't be afraid of the dysfunction that's in life. Because of this, I bring you good news that will cause great joy. Good news that will cause great joy. Do you know what? There is good news that a Savior was born for you. And it should evoke great joy inside of us because that means we are not walking through life alone. That our situation is not hopeless. That God has something incredible to come out of what we are walking through. It should invoke great joy for all people. Not just a few, not just for the ones that have it all together in life, for all people. And it says, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to who? You. A Savior has been born to Melissa. A Savior has been born to Joe. A Savior has been born to Shayla. A Savior has been born to insert your name right there because the Savior was born for you. For you. He is the Messiah, the Deliverer, the Lord. 
he will be assigned to you and you will find the babe wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. See, the Savior. See, Christmas happened for you. He's a Savior for your depression. A Savior for your anxiety. A Savior for your financial situation. A Savior for your marriage. A Savior for your family. A Savior for you. And I think this year we need to make Christmas a little bit more personal. Because the reason he sent his son was not just for the people of Israel 700 years before that. He sent his son specifically for you in the situation that you're in. And this year we need to make Christmas personal and say, I don't know what's happening in your life. I don't know what you need saved from. I don't know what mess is happening in your life. I don't know. Maybe you have your life all together. You need a Savior even more. (sighs) But God always keeps his promises. And listen, I want to go back to that verse in Isaiah again. In Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, where he talks about, for us a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And it goes on to talk about all of these amazing things that that Savior will be. It says his name is going to be Wonderful Counselor. How many of you guys could use a counselor in your life? You know, it's like he's given us these gifts. And he's going, listen, I've given the Savior to you. Saying this gift right here is for for you to open up, for you to use. And I've given you the gift. His, His name is Wonderful Counselor. And some of you guys need to utilize the Wonderful Counselor in your life. To not just know about the gift and open the gift, but to begin to open the gift and understand that there is so much counsel and wisdom in the Word of God. That if you just sit down and you pray and you, you journal. My journal, if anybody read it, they would think I'm crazy and I'm ticked at God. Because I just sit there and I just write and I write and I write. And God begins to speak because I open my Bible and I quiet down my mind and I say, God, show me what I need to do. See, he is a wonderful counselor. and If we all had a counselor that we could pick up at any moment and say, what do I do right now? I'm struggling right now. God is it. He sent a savior for you. A wonderful counselor for you. And then it goes on to say that he is a mighty God. And so he's going, oh. I'm going to take this gift out. He says, mighty God. When you walk around with all the burdens in life and all the difficulties and all the challenges and you feel weighed down and discouraged and like you just aren't moving anywhere and you can't figure it out. Christmas said a Savior was born to you, a mighty God who picks up our burdens, who we set down with him. And we don't have to be chained down to those things anymore because we serve a mighty God who says, cast your burdens on me. He says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. We serve a mighty God who carries our burdens for us. Then he goes on to say, everlasting father. 
I've given you the gift of an everlasting father. And you know what a father represents to me? Protection. And so God's going, listen, I've given you protection. I've given you protection for your mind. I've given you protection from the attacks that try to come against your life of discouragement. Listen, I am a God who wants to protect and heal and provide. I am a Father who loves you. And this Christmas, a Savior has been born to you to protect, to encourage. For you. Then the last one is my absolute favorite. Because it's from Nordstrom's. <laughs> but he goes on to say Prince of Peace. And I don't know about you guys, but man, peace brings so much comfort. And I imagine peace to be like this blanket that's just kind of wrapped around us. That no matter what the situation holds, no matter what circumstances are there, even when it doesn't make sense, we serve a God that is a savior for us that says, I want to bring you peace in the middle of the storm. And I want to walk through this with you. I want to wrap my arms around you. I want to carry your burdens. I want to protect you so you can have a peace that passes all understanding. And I don't know about you, but more than anything, I need peace. I need to have confidence and know that I serve a God who came as a Savior for me, for you. That I don't have to walk around in confusion or fear, but I can have peace. You know, so much has happened to me in my life. There's been, I could tell you story after story after story. But I think one of the most difficult things that I've had to walk through is both TJ and I, through a journey of infertility. And, you know, there was, we've been married almost 19 years. 13 of those tried to have kids, tried to have kids. TJ loved trying to have kids. <laughs> he still thinks we're trying. <laughs> oh, Lord, I can't even look over there. <clears throat> but, you know, in that season of my life, I'll never forget sitting down with a doctor and the doctor telling TJ pretty much, because the issue is there, always. No. <laughs> Remember the doctor sitting down and saying, there's, there's like a 2% chance that you guys will ever have children. No in vitro, no nothing. And I remember walking out of that and walking through the season of so much despair and discouragement of wondering, God, what did I do to deserve this? Is there something that I could have done different? Could I have responded to something different? And I just felt this overwhelming just burden on my life. 
And everywhere you go, it just reminds you of what you don't have. And you go through this process all again. I mean, the same is true with anything in life. And I learned this so much in that season. Is that I could take that burden. And I could give that to my Savior who came for me. That he could protect my thoughts in that season. To give me right thinking and right direction because he was counseling me and I was sitting with him. And I was pouring my heart out to him. And he ultimately in the end brought peace to my life. We now have a little foster baby that we hope to, to get to adopt. I tell people all the time, don't I look good for having a baby eight months ago? But I learned so much about my Savior, that he's so personal, that it is for you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you. He came for you. A God that walks through us in every moment, that is never far away, that when you're going through something tough, he's right there. you guys bow your heads and close your eyes maybe there's some of you guys out there today that you need that personal savior maybe it's never been something that's been personal to you God's kind of always been far off in the distance but today you're saying God I want to make it personal today I realize that this is for me if that's you, I just want to pray with you this morning. If you'll just slip your hands up all over this place. Yes, 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 yes. I'd love to pray for you guys. Father God, we come before you. And Lord, I thank you that you saw every single one of us. God, that you care so deeply about each of us personally. And God, I pray for everybody that raised their hand this morning. Lord, that you would send just a rush of peace over them. God, that you would make yourself so real and so tangible to their life. That as they step out of here today, God, that it would be personal to them. God, that it's not just a gift that they understand is there, something that they take out of the box one time, but God, it's something that they continually go to you as their counselor, as their father, as their protector, as their strength, as their peace. God, thank you for Christmas. Thank you for coming home to us. For making it personal. God, we thank you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.